So because I was in such shock and I had suffered for eight to 10 months, I mean, I was like, I was going to lose the most important relationship in my life, which, and I was trying and I was trying to communicate, like, I don't know what's going on with me. And it's hard for that other person to, to go through that with you if, if they don't know either. So it's, it's bad when you don't know, but they don't know either. So number one, that was really affecting me emotionally because I was, I was doing my best, but I could not control no matter how hard I tried, unless I was just quiet, I could not control um, how I was feeling. So that was, that was probably the main thing. And then I gained weight. I gained 20 pounds uh, in probably three to four months. And for me, who's always been active, always been able to maintain my weight, I've never gone more five or five pounds less or more ever. And then all of a sudden I jumped 20 pounds into a zone I'd never been in in my life. Hi, I'm Dr. Morgan Nolte, geriatric physical therapist, weight loss coach, and passionate disease prevention expert. I used to struggle with emotional eating, sugar cravings, and consistency. Then I learned how to lose the mental and physical weight once and for all with a low insulin lifestyle. Each week on the Reshape Your Health podcast, you'll learn simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're ready to create a body and life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte. And today we have a really special guest. Her name is Shelly Burns. She's a doctor of chiropractic, a gym owner, and a fitness expert for 20 years. She's also a life coach and creator of the Fit Menopause Blueprint. She has always been very passionate about health, fitness, and wellness. She strives to be a guide for women battling the hormonal obstacles, especially of perimenopause and menopause. She really feels that no woman should be staring at themselves in the mirror and thinking, who is this? You know, who's looking back at me here or feel that they're alone in their struggles. And we always, both of us believe that women need to be helping women. So Shelly, thank you so much for sharing your time and expertise with us today. We are delighted to have you. There's some big news in this interview. So it's timely that we're doing this interview now because you have a big summit coming up and we're going to talk all about that and how it can help women going through perimenopause and menopause really optimize their health. But first let's start with you, you know, where are you from? What's your story? What's your background and how did you get into this fitness, especially the menopause fitness space? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on today. Um, I'm in North Carolina currently. Uh, well, I will probably be here forever. Let's face it. Um, I'm in North Carolina. I'm from Ohio originally, and I've kind of been all over LA, Chicago. Um, so I've always been active. Uh, I played college basketball. I've always been. Wait, you too? Wait, no, 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 no. Where did you play college basketball? And are you a, the Ohio state fan before we get into anything else? We need to know if there's a rivalry here. Uh, no, I played at Walsh university in Ohio. Okay. Um, and no, I've never really been the Ohio state fan. Okay, good. Cause I'm a huge Husker fan. Everyone knows that. Okay. So yes, no. (laughs) Uh, so playing basketball, I then went to call it, I was in college for a bachelor of biology. And then I was trying to figure out what I wanted physical therapy. Um, and I talked to a friend who was 
had an aunt that was a chiropractor and she started talking and it all started clicking with me like, oh, the natural processes of the body. And I was just so pulled in that I then enrolled after I graduated into chiropractic college. And during that time, I became a personal trainer to kind of help pay for um, school. So when I graduated chiropractic school, I, I just opened a personal training gym and a chiropractic studio together. So I've always been doing fitness rehab exercise and chiropractic kind of together in the same space. Um, but it wasn't until uh, right before COVID, I started experiencing uh, several symptoms that I didn't know at the time were related to perimenopause where uh, I had uh, anxiety really bad. Uh, it was so bad that I started towards the end of that eight months, I started getting panic attacks and it started out very mild. Like I was like, what is this? feeling. Uh, so I went to the doctor and he started putting me on a basic anti-anxiety med. And then I would go back uh, two months later and he put me on a little bit higher dose and then he would switch it. And probably in eight months, I switched meds about four or five times because I knew something wasn't right, but I couldn't, I just thought I had anxiety and this was just something that women get. And I was trying to deal with it naturally and the mindset, but nothing was helping. So I switched doctors because I was like, I'm going crazy. Like I'm going crazy. I couldn't control my thoughts. I felt like I was out of control. Uh, I probably was, uh, my relationship wasn't going well. Members at the gym were looking at me like, what is going on with you? Uh, so I went to another doctor and she did blood work and it came back that I was in the very bottom of uh, normal range of hormones. So she put me on a very low dose of HRT and, um, in two weeks, I, I've not had anxiety in over a year. Uh, two weeks of a very low, the lowest dose of HRT you can get. Um, I've not had any anxiety. I've not had a panic attack since then. Wow. So, so that's made a hormone replacement therapy for people that don't know what HRT is, hormone replacement therapy. Can you say specifically two questions before you continue? How old were you when these anxiety episodes and panic attacks started? I was 43. 43. And so was that kind of the early stages of perimenopause, would you say? Uh, looking back, it was because then she asked me questions like, well, were, did you wake up in the middle of the night where you, was the bed soaking wet? And I was like, yes, that was happening so much. But it was during COVID. So mm -hmm. most times I woke up and I was taking my temperature thinking I had COVID. Oh, oh my goodness. And it would always be normal. So I'm like, oh, that's so weird. But then I also have five dogs. So they're all around me. And I thought I was just getting really hot. Um, but then other things too, I was exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally. I was, I couldn't get enough sleep. Um, what else was there? Oh, I was breaking out. That was the other thing that I just was like, I'm, I'm working out more, but that all went away when I started the low dose of HRT and just minor symptoms. I say minor in that some ladies have like hot flashes that are just like take them out during the day. I didn't have those, but it was really affecting my life at that point. So, and what do you mind just sharing what dose of hormone replacement therapy or what type you had or what type you went on? Um, if you remember I'm trying to remember, uh, so I started out with an estrogen patch, um, cause I didn't want to, and now I'm on a cream. So, uh, I started out with an estrogen patch, but you had to put it on like twice a week. And it was, I, if I, this probably be wrong, but it was like 0.05, okay. uh, I think was the dose. Uh, and then I was also put on a progesterone pill for at night. And then I think a month after that, 
we went back and she ended up putting me on a testosterone cream um, to kind of increase because um, I was still kind of my uh, I was still exhausted, even though I was I didn't have the anxiety attack. So now I currently am on um, an estrogen testosterone cream. I don't take progesterone anymore because now that I'm kind of getting sleep, I sleep like a baby now. It's um, crazy. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So continue your story. So you were kind of in this state of not really knowing what was going on with your health. And then I interrupted with, well, how old were you? And then what was that first medication? So how did things play out from there? Uh, well, and you and I talked on this before, but for you ladies out there, like I have several clients that are in their thirties, late thirties that are going through perimenopause. So always, always, it's always good to learn ahead of time or to know this is going to happen. Cause I didn't know. I just thought menopause, right. You get pregnant and then menopause. I didn't really realize there was anything in between. So, um, it, you can as, as early as 35, I've, I've had some people. So it's, to me, it was like an ego hit when she's like, Oh, you're in perimenopause. And I was like, wait, what, first of all, what is that? I'm only 44 or 43. So yeah. So that's just a little bit about, I was more in shock because I was 43 and I was competing at world championships and obstacle course racing. Like I was at the top of my, even though huh. I played college basketball, I was at the top of my athletics. So yeah. That's an interesting that. like swerve to the story, world championships and obstacle course racing. Yeah. Will you it's tell a... us just a little bit about that? Because that's kind of <laughs> interesting. Um, well, I started being doing Spartan races and I, as soon as I was over 40, I started placing like winning in my age group. And so then you just kind of move up. So then I went to the, um, world Spartan championships in Tahoe. And I think that first year, I think I placed 11th, um, in my age group. And then with that, I got invited to this other one called the obstacle course world championship, OCR world championship, which to me is a lot more fun than Spartan because, you're running, but it's like ninja warrior type obstacles. And they're like crazy, like, and you have to get through them. Otherwise you lose your band and you don't play. So it's important that you keep your band and you can try it as many times as you want. So for me, this was like a playground out there. It, it's yeah. usually nine to 15 miles of running. Um, and then you get these crazy obstacles in, in between that you have to complete to, to, um, so yeah, I've, and that, and that one, I placed fourth that year in my age group and the long one. So yeah, I love that stuff. So That's much fun. awesome. I've done a tough, like a tough mutter. Is that what it's called? A mutter run. And yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't like getting dirty. You know, it was <laughs> like, I'm going to crawl through the mud under this obstacle. And my con- I'm like, what if I lose my contact lens in this mud? This is disgusting when I can just go for a nice clean run or clean walk. So that's really cool that you like that. Um, so talk to me a little bit more about what you learned during your own perimenopause journey and why you were so empowered, like impassioned to spread the word, you know, and help educate others about what is perimenopause and menopause. So because I was in such shock and I had suffered for eight to 10 months, I mean, I was like, I was going to lose the most important relationship in my life, which, and I was trying, and I was trying to communicate, like, I don't know what's going on with me. And it's hard for that other person to to go through that with you if, if they don't know either. So it's, it's bad when you don't know, but they don't know either. So number one, that was really affecting me emotionally because I was, I was doing my best, but I could not control no matter how hard I tried, unless I was just quiet, I could not control 
um, how I was feeling. So that was, that was probably the main thing. And then I gained weight. I gained 20 pounds, uh, in probably three to four months. And for me, who's always been active, always been able to maintain my weight. I've never gone more five or five pounds less or more ever. And then all of a sudden I jumped 20 pounds into a zone I'd never been in in my life. Um, that affected me, um, emotionally and mentally as well. And physically, my knee started hurting. So with all those things that came the weight gain and the relationship and things like that, I started researching on my own, like, okay, what are some things I can do naturally being a chiropractor? That's kind of what we go to, not so much the, um, medicine. So I, with researching, I found out it's not very common. A lot of women don't know. And then when I join these groups and, and women are lost and they're asking questions, I was like, you know, there needs to be more help for help for these women. There needs to be more resources. And, and even for the younger people, like in perimenopause, because a lot of people talk about menopause, but there's this range where you're younger and it really does affect your work, you know, your lifestyle and everything relationships. So it made me want to change what I was doing. So I changed my nutrition from what I was doing. Um, I changed how I work out because I own a CrossFit gym. So I was getting exhausted with the workout. So I would do, I changed it. I would do CrossFit twice a week. And then I would do what I call like hit training and a little bit more just dumbbells, lighter weight. And so I switched my workouts completely. And then I really started focusing on mindset um, and self-care was so important. So I probably for about 10 weeks, I, get, I made huge impact, lost the weight. I was feeling better. I was sleeping like a baby, like I said, and women at the gym are like, what are you doing? I want to do what you're doing now. And it was hard for me to be like, well, I'm not doing CrossFit um, as much anymore. Yeah, well, I own, the, I own this gym, but I'm not actually doing it all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was still incorporating it, but I mean, I was like a diehard five, six days a week, um, lifting You're heavy weights. Cult. Yes. Yeah. The cult. Yeah. And then, uh, so with that, I, I was, I put a beta group out of, with my women and I posted it organically in my Facebook group and I had 10 women that wanted to go through the program. So I was like, okay, let's do this. Well, in 12 weeks, I think all but one, and because of their work schedule and they had a hard time, had amazing results. I mean, like they were sleeping, they got rid of their um, indigestion and, and weird other symptoms. They didn't really relate. They were sleeping. So then that's how this whole came to be putting a summit together. And then my baby, which is the fit menopause blueprint. Um, it became an online program that now I don't need, just need to help local people. I can help you know, women out there that are really trying to make a difference with how yeah. they're feeling. So tell us specifically. So my audience is familiar. I run an online program. Currently it's called weight loss for health and mine has four modules, six master classes, office hours, you know, the rigmarole, but I'm just kind of curious what's in your fit menopause, menopause blueprint. Like how did you structure the program to help people get the best results? So I tried to tie in cause you know, with women in this in this age group, it's accountability is usually the thing most of them say is the pain point and then motivation. So number one, I had to come up with something that could get them the workouts with videos, because if I just listed the, the exercises, they were going to be asking a million questions. So me and my training partner, we did hundreds of videos. And then on the app, uh, at the very bottom, once you finish the workout, you hit completed. It alerts me you've completed the workout. At the end of the week, there's like graph and it'll tell me if they've missed one, if they're in red, like it, it does a really good job of keeping track. So the workouts ended up being really good and the ladies liked them. 
Um, and I always put in a modification because that's, mm-hmm. that's my background too. Like you got to be able to modify some things if somebody can't jump or whatnot. So, and that, that goes out, there's five workouts, but I say, try to do three Saturdays are just get out and walk or run, whatever you want to do. And then Sundays we do mobility. Yeah. So these foam rollers, lacrosse balls, and it's kind of like a wind down for the week. It's 20 minutes. Um, there's a video of me doing it. Um, and that's the chiropractic tied in too, because I really want to help the joints and the muscles because a lot of women complain about pain. So you got to take care of your body. Um, and then the nutrition, I did do macros. Uh, so it's just a certain percentage that I found worked with for me. And then it worked with my women. It's um, more protein than carbs and fats. Mm-hmm. And also we use my fitness pal. So we share diaries. So if somebody's having a hard time, I can go in there and be like, all right, maybe you need to switch this out or or switch this. Okay. You're a little high on your macros. And every night they have to send me a picture of their macros. So it's accountability. Yeah. Um, and then mindset, uh, a lot of stuff about self-care. So like for me, I started getting massages. I started getting acupuncture, um, and all those things made a huge difference. Um, so I really tried to educate them on these things that are out there that you can do that you don't necessarily have to do. You can relax and have things done to you that will help your symptoms also. So I'm trying to think what else we also incorporate, um, a one pager that goes out on Sunday. So it's like an article and each week it'll be a different topic. So like if it was anxiety, there'll be like some anxiety stuff in there. Uh, and so things like that, we have a live zoom call once a week where that was probably the women's favorite is the women's favorite part is talking with others, seeing their struggles and knowing they're not alone. Now, is this like an eight week thing or 12 week or ongoing, or how did you structure the timeline of it? It's 12 weeks. Well, okay. So it's a 12 week program. So you kind of took what you were doing with your beta in the gym and then took it online and that's the fit menopause blueprint. Yeah. Cool. So tell us what this menopause summit is. Did I say that right? I should, cause I'm in it. Um, <laughs> maneuver maneuvering. menopause summit. Yeah. So, um, you were, you were one of my speakers. We talked all about insulin resistance. Uh, and there's 29 other speakers and it's all about perimenopause, menopause. Um, day one is all about HRT, non-HRT hormones in general. Uh, day two is, uh, fitness and nutrition. And day three is mindset, self-care and intimacy, which, uh, you're not going to want to miss those. They got very interesting. Um, especially for someone like me, who's kind of quiet, that brought out a, a different side. So, um, so those were the topics and it's three days. It runs from 10 AM Eastern time. Um, and then it runs till the, each day there's 10 speakers, but it's all about, um, what you can do on your own and what you can do, um, how you, things you can look up. So first, first, uh, interview is, is free. The speakers are given so much information. And then we do a follow-up interview, which is a bonus where we go in depth. And those are the things you can use to implement. It was a really cool design. Um, as a fellow, you know, content creator, I thought to myself, that is so many interviews. That is so much content. That is so impressive to do. So I'm excited to, to kind of be able to help spread the word about this maneuvering menopause summit. And everyone knows I am not there yet. You know, right now I'm in my early thirties and I have not hit perimenopause, but I can relate to feeling like you're going crazy because I've had two babies. Um, 
So my husband, my poor husband, sometimes there's just like, who are you? What is wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing's wrong with me. There's something growing inside of me, you know, leave me alone. Um, so I, I'm guessing that you were speaking of your relational issues. And I, I think that I have tasted that even though it wasn't through uh, perimenopause. So what do you think are the biggest myths that you've encountered regarding perimenopause and menopause? Uh, well, before we do that, I liked what you said, uh, as far as, um, uh, about, you know, being early thirties, I feel like it's good that you're learning stuff and hearing about stuff now, because you will, you will see those triggers faster than what I did. And I interviewed women on, on the summit that suffered for five, six, seven years and had no idea their doctors weren't picking it up. They didn't know. So I do feel educating yourself early and, and you just doing stuff like this will, you'll pick it up a lot faster and you'll be like, so. Oh no, I'm going into that stage. <laughs> so, yeah, um, there is like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. You're learning early. Yeah. Uh, so top three myths I would say are as far as fitness, cause these are my specialties fitness. Uh, you don't have to go out and do to lose weight. You don't have to go out and do endless cardio. That's, um, a lot of women think that, but ultimately the best results come from doing more of a hit workout. And then with some dumbbells, like, and they don't need to be heavy. Like most of my women use anywhere from eight to 15 pound dumbbells. That's it. Um, and they get plenty of a workout doing that. So number one, you don't, number one myth, you don't have to go out and do a bunch of cardio. And number two, if you're just working out 30 minutes four five days a week, you are not going to bulk up. That's probably another one. Right. Do not bulk up working out unless you're working out five, seven hours a day and you're doing all these supplements to increase bulk. You're not going to get bulky. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I've not ever had anybody have that happen to, if anything, you lean out, you get more lean and you, um, drop some body fat. So it's it's actually makes you healthier. Yeah. You can get tone. You can see your muscles, but that doesn't mean that they're going to get bulky. Yeah. So that, that's always one I get asked as far as, um, fitness and stuff. So that's probably the, one of the couple myths in fitness. And then as far as nutrition, um, and I'm not a nutritionist, but I, I have a lot of, I've done whole 30 programs. We've done paleo at the gym. Um, but cutting calories is probably the one thing women do. And they think that that's going to help them, but cutting calories just puts you in this deficit where you're not fueling your body. Um, and you, later on, you're going to have a, you're going to gain more weight after you're done cutting calories like that. And then it's going to be harder to set your, set your zone again. So it's just better. If you don't want to count calories, just even in a healthy range of macros, I always suggest just eat whole foods, like eat meats, vegetables, and fruits. Uh, Try to stay away from the starchy stuff, uh, breads and carbs and things like that. If you can stick to the whole fruit or whole foods, um, you're at least better off than where you were. So that's another thing. If you feel like you have to cut calories or you go into one of these clinics where they're like 800 calorie, uh, diets, those just are not healthy for you. And I've had several clients do that and they've lost weight rapidly, but they don't keep that off. It's not, I've not seen one person sustain that, um, type of weight loss. So that's probably another myth. And then as far as what, uh, you and I had talked about menopause in general, and even perimenopause, is not a period of life where you need to accept that you're going to suffer. 
you don't have to suffer. If you don't, if you're not one that wants to be on HRT or you don't, you can't be on HRT for your own health concerns, all these things. And what I've learned in this year and whatever, doing this, these, this program and learning from these other speakers is there are things you can control that help you, that will help your symptoms and will just help you feel better overall. There are things you can't control, but there are things you can fitness, nutrition, uh, mindset, self-care. Um, there are, there are things you can do and you will feel better. Again, I started sleeping like a baby, my anxiety decreased, and that could be from the HRT, but in general, just probably knowing what the heck was going on with me made a big difference. Um, so there are things you can control. You don't have to struggle through perimenopause and menopause, and it does help if you educate yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, myth that you're going to struggle through this. Actually, a lot of women that are already in menopause have taught me that they've actually embraced, they're living a more full life now than they were when they were in their thirties. Um, they said, it's just like, you know, you, you level up and you, you just feel better and and you're in that prime of your life and start enjoying life. So I know I'm not there yet. Probably still have another eight years of this, this stuff, but, um, yeah. Wait, that's a really good point. So how long does perimenopause, which is kind of the years up to menopause, how long does that last? Well, it can be, uh, anywhere from eight to 10 and everybody's a little different as long as eight to 10, but some people I've met some people that are like three years and then they're hitting menopause. But, um, and they, there also is the thing where I always heard like when your mom hits menopause, that's kind of a good indication. Well, my mom hit menopause late 56. So when they told me I was in perimenopause, that's what I was thinking. Like, wait, I'm in menopause. Like what? My mom is 56. So it's, it's close, but it's not going to be exactly, um, like you're, you'll be with within a year or two of your mom probably. But so if I'm 43, when I started this, I will probably hit, um, menopause earlier than my mom did. Okay. I think there's such a stigma too. I don't think our moms were sitting here talking about perimenopause and, and menopause. My mom um, actually had surgical menopause and I know a few friends too, that have already had hysterectomies, um, for health related issues. And so I think that that's, that's a tough thing, especially when it's not their own decision, you know, like when it's like my, maybe they weren't ready to be done having kids, but for their own health, they had to get a hysterectomy. And then I think that there's that lack of education and understanding about what that means and what your options are. So I wanted to really highlight that, you know, while we really focus around, you know, perimenopause and menopause that can, that can happen surgically too, not always naturally. And so is the maneuvering menopause summit appropriate for people who have gone through or are planning to go through like a hysterectomy or partial or total? Yeah. There's, um, a couple speakers, uh, probably on day one, cause that's the hormones HRT. And that's a lot of the, um, OBGYN speak that day and people that really work with these patients closely. Uh, yeah. And there's, there's different kinds of hysterectomies. And I know a lot of several clients, you know, they leave the ovaries, which is kind of what you want if that's possible, because then you're still, you know, the, the hormones are still, you're not just cutting off your estrogen completely. So, uh, yeah, the, or like for my sister, she just had one two weeks ago she had, um, her symptoms were just major bleeding and pain. And, um, so she went and had a hysterectomy, but I was like, please tell them to try to keep your ovaries. So that helped her a lot. And then if you get in there and and they take everything out, 
you're going to struggle because you're basically inducing menopause. So you're going to get thrown into it. And a lot of doctors don't educate you on that. So before, if you are to get a hysterectomy, I would kind of research the different kinds um, in case you do have an option or um, if they are going to remove everything that you know, what's going to happen to your body. Cause they won't, they won't take the time to do that and to educate you on that. Unfortunately, a lot of times they just don't have the time. That's what I, that's why I love this online education. It's like, we can talk as long as we darn well, please. And we can, we can create those programs that educate. And I feel like we're a bridge really between primary care providers and patients of like all of the information and education that the primary care provider would give, but they don't have the time in the clinic or they don't have the knowledge or experience. Um, you know, when I was pregnant, I told my OB what I did. I said, I'm an online weight loss coach. And he's like, Oh, so I, that's pretty simple. I mean, you just eat less and move more. And I just was like, <laughs> give me a break, you know? And so the, the, the way that I say it is if that's what your doctor is saying, they're either naive and they don't actually know how to lose weight or they don't care. And they don't know the resources to point you in the direction, but that's kind of like a red flag. If someone says eat less, move more to lose weight, it's the most superficial, you know, lowest hanging fruit of of advice that they could give you. And so I think it's great that you kind of talked into that myth of like, don't do those crash diets because they crash your metabolism. I just did a really cool presentation on insulin resistance and found a study that showed those compensatory metabolic changes, like your metabolism slows down to make you regain the weight, those last six months to four years after the, the, the weight loss, the weight regain. And so you have to essentially compensate for the compensations for six months to four years. Most people just can't do that. And that's why they gain even more weight because their metabolism slower than their baseline. So getting this kind of information out there, even just knowing that, like knowing that fact, I think can sometimes get people off of that crash diet cliff. They're like, I can't handle this weight anymore. It has to come off right now. And so when we're talking about mindset, I think patience is such an important part of long-term weight loss and just help. Do you have any tips on, you know, what do you tell your women to be patient? You know, sometimes it's like, you have to stay the course. You have to be consistent enough for long enough to see results. And I think working in the gym setting, especially we know that those physiological changes in our muscles happen right away, but you might not see results for eight, 12 weeks. And so how do you coach your members to be more patient? Uh, well, you, you brought up the habits, which is awesome because in, I give out a, my fit, uh, the fit menopause box. So they get it in the mail before they start with some things in there. But one of the things I put in there, I started putting in there was atomic habits by James clear. Mm-hmm. Um, cause when I read that it really, for my own trying to lose that initial 20 pounds, doing CrossFit, 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 um, and not getting results, it was really hard to not be like, this isn't working. This isn't working. Um, so in, in that book, he's really good about talking to you about breaking that plateau. Like if, if you, it takes a long time sometimes, and especially women in this age group, it's going to take you, what I've learned is I can, lo- I used to learn, lose five pounds in a week if I had to. Now to lose five pounds, it's going to take me a month, five weeks. It's, it's like a lot harder now um, that, you know, losing estrogen or, and stuff like that. So habits are important. And he talks about this Latin period where you have to get past that period in order to see results. And if you give up too early because you're not seeing results, 
um, you're not going to get anywhere. But there are things happening inside that are making a difference in your health and things like that. So you have to you have to be consistent, even if you're not getting results. You got to look at it as I'm still being healthy. I'm just not seeing the results, but I am doing something like this is still good for my body, especially if we're looking at fitness. You could look at that book with anything. Um, yeah. I looked at it as fitness when people are like, I quit. I it took a week. I didn't lose 20 pounds. This isn't working. And I'm like, oh, you're not going to lose 20 pounds in a week, but they yeah. do it on um, the biggest loser. And I'm like, oh, you had 15 pounds to lose. You didn't have a hundred, 200 pounds to lose. You had 15 pounds. So you're, you're already close. You're just need to change some things. Your body's bored with what you're doing. So <laughs> I think that, what about grace too? You know, I think, especially as a chiropractor, you probably see people go through injuries or, you know, I have members who are awaiting hip replacements or knee replacements, and they get really frustrated because they feel like they can't exercise in a way that they think would provide meaningful results. And so we talk about, I always say grace and patience are the two most underutilized words in weight loss. What about the grace piece? You know, what do you tell to your members? What do you say to your members when they're like, I can't do that. Like, and they feel too big to do an exercise. You talked about modifying or they have pain with an exercise. How do you coach them to not quit on themselves and to give themselves grace? As far as grace, which happens, I mean, that happens in my chiropractic office and in my gym and with these online clients. So with grace, especially looking at this age group and it's women, you, I feel like I've had to learn how to, um, approach them. It's different than when I coach somebody in their thirties. So they want to know that what they're doing is, is going to do something for them, even if it's minute. So if they're being hard on themselves, I will be the first to say, listen, okay, you had a bad day tomorrow. We're back on the horse. Like you'll hear my girl say, if somebody in the group is like, oh, I had a bad day, get on the horse tomorrow. So it's not turning into a whole weekend. So it's like, be nice to yourself. Okay. You, you had a bad dinner. It's okay. Like just don't let it turn into a weekend where you've lost your progress. So mm -hmm. there's little things like that. So that's one. And then when women start looking at themselves in the mirror or weighing on the scale every day, which I tell them, do not do that. Like I have set weighing periods, even though they, they still do it. I know they do. I know they do. Um, so I tell them like, okay, like you're still going through periods with your hormones, right? So you're still, the weight is still going to move up and down on the scale a little bit. So I'm like, don't be on there every day. And then if you are, and you see that you haven't, and they're mad if they haven't lost any weight, they're not mad that they've gained five pounds on this program. They're like, I'm the same. I'm like, you've lost five pounds. I mean, yes, you're the same. This is yeah. good. Um, and they always are so hard on their bodies. Like, Oh, look at this and look at this. So I always just try to tell them like, look at what you're doing compared to what other women are doing. Like, you are moving, you're working out three to four times a week. You're focusing on your nutrition. You are better off than women who are not doing anything for themselves and just have accepted they're in this period of their life and they just have given up. I said, you got to be. And so over time of talking to them every week, and especially in that group that we have, the Zoom, the Zoom group, they each other actually helps them with that grace. Because if they say, I'm just, my, my pants aren't, aren't loose. I haven't gone down in a pant size yet. Another lady will say something like, well, you know what? That's okay. I struggled for about four weeks and now I'm, I'm dropping weight. So the group community is so important in this online, um, my online program as well, because everybody supports everybody. They don't feel like they're alone. So they really do help each other with that grace component and patience. 
um, especially when a new person comes in my, I leave my older people in there. I call them my graduates. They'll come in and they're, they're, they're helping the, the younger, not the younger people, but the newer people. Yeah, the newer so ones. it ends up being a really great community where everybody's kind of helping everybody and the women and that have been through it and are still on the, on the, I call them the lifestylers. Um, they're still going and it, it really ultimately is about a lifestyle change. So if you're not quite seeing the results, there are, could be some other things, but be kind to yourself. The harder you are on yourself, the less, the less likely, or the, those are negative energies you're putting in your body. And, and those will not benefit anything that you are trying to do. So it's just be nice to yourself. Like I got up today. I worked out. Yes. That's a bonus. I'm grateful. I can look at it this way. I'm grateful. I can even work out today. Cause there's, I saw some guy on stage last week at this conference. I was at, he had one arm, no legs and no, no arm. He was the most, you know, positive person I've ever met. So when I hear people like say, Oh, I'm like, listen, you're able to work out. Just enjoy the moment that you just enjoy that you can move and that you're free to move um, and, and use it while you can do it. Cause we're not guaranteed to be moving every day either. Like we're not guaranteed that. So enjoy the movement and just be nice to yourself that, and I worked out today. Yes. Or I ate healthy today. This, those little micro victories I think are really important. And I always like to point out to my members when they say like, Oh, I'm so frustrated that this isn't going faster. And I say, trace that thought back to its origin. What were you doing? What were you looking at? Who are you talking to that made you feel somehow inadequate? Did you step on the scale? Did you look in the mirror? Did you look on social media and see aunt Betty who's doing a crash diet, lost 20 pounds, you know, and really, funny, I have been aunt Betty. You do. <laughs> You know, and, and filter what's going through your, what's going through your eyes, what's going through your ears. Are you listening to even podcasts? I mean, for me as a business owner, podcasts can be very triggering to, oh, I should try this. I should try this. I should try this. And it's distracting. What distractions are negative coming into you, even though maybe they're habitual, like members who just step on the scale every day, because that's what they do. And I think or looking at them in the mirror. And I think that's where atomic habits is so helpful because he talks about like, what is the, what is the cue or the trigger for your habit? And then tracing it back to the cue or the trigger and starting there. And I, I help my members realize you have got to stop trying to motivate yourself with guilt and shame and negativity. Like, Oh, if I, you know, if I only feel bad enough, then surely I'm going to want to go to the gym today. If I only feel bad enough, then surely I'm going to want to, you know, restrict myself. They, they use this severe negative language and it's just not helpful. It's like, you guys don't, don't speak to yourself in a way that you wouldn't speak to anyone else. You know, I like to say like flip the golden rule, like treat yourself or treat others, how you would treat yourself. And I think for women, for whatever reason, when we're so critical on ourselves, we need to say, you know, I'm going to treat myself how I treat others. I'm going to treat myself with the grace, dignity, respect, patience that I give to my children or, you know, some on our better days, our partners or our spouses, <laughs> we're not always graceful with them, surely. But yeah, if you, can't, if, you, if you can't, if you don't have a significant other that is supportive, um, you know, you got to find maybe somebody else, accountability partner, someone who maybe is going through the same thing you are. That's why women working out together, uh, partnering up is, has been a good thing also. So, you know, some people are not supportive. Those, those people are going to suck your energy out of you. You got to, um, you got to find the people that are going to be, Hey, 
let's go for a walk today. Or maybe they, they want to do something with you. Or even if you're like, Hey, I, I really would like if you would work out with me twice a week. So that way it kind of motivates me because it, it's all about getting into that repetition and pattern. And, and in the beginning, it's going to be hard to do things that your body doesn't want to do. Right. So find somebody who's supportive. And even that, even on side note of that, if you're going to a doctor and they're not listening to you and, and you've been there now multiple times and you feel you have any of these um, symptoms that women get, switch doctors. I personally Googled, um, Googled, uh, menopause specialist. And there's even a website in AMS, which is North American menopause society. There's a link on there that you can go to your area zip code and find a specialist. And you go there, my doctor spent an hour with me. She listened. Um, so there are good doctors out there and there are ones geared towards this phase in your life, 40 and over, um, or whatever, where they can, you really can get help. And even if it's mild or just talking to somebody who understands what you're going through and feeling supported is also a very big thing. It's okay to talk about this stuff. I know it's taboo, but this is a phase of life. Every woman is going to go through. So we need to start talking about it and getting education out there. Yeah. Well, this is great. I think that the maneuvering menopause summit, if people found this interview interesting, they will gain a, a wealth of information through that. So can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about you and that summit? So there are um, maneuveringmenopausesummit.com is the website. Um, if you go on there, you can see the list of speakers, the topics. Um, I think anybody over 30 could really benefit from this in that there's also health and fitness and nutrition that and intimacy mindset and self-care that, that can benefit anybody. It's not just women and perimenopause, there are good, there are good things in there for anybody looking to get healthier. So that's, that's also one things, but I'm personally at drshellyburns.com. And then the summit though, you can find everything on there from the, the times, the speakers, you can zero in on certain speakers if you want to just listen to them, but it'll be really good. It covers so much that there's something on there. Anybody can benefit from. Yep. And I'm maybe not a man, maybe not a man, but unless they want to support their spouse or like their wife or their girlfriend, you know, or whoever, but, um, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your time. I'm really proud to be part of this summit and I cannot wait to, um, to share it with, um, a broader audience. Um, anything else that you wanted to share any like Instagram, anything like that, where the people can connect with you. Um, pretty much you can find me on uh, menopause secrets for Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Uh, and then there, there is, um, one day I'm going to have you on my podcast. So there is a maneuvering obstacles through menopause podcast. So anybody struggling, it's the same thing, interviewing um, people with certain expertise that will help share, share the word, share the, um, education, but the maneuvering menopause summits, it's, it's the, um, thing I'm working on right now. And, and if, if they like you, they'll like it. They'll like the topic that we, awesome. that you talked about. Well, thanks Shelly. And I'll be sure to link up to all those resources in the show notes today. We'll talk to you soon.